Hi, this is The Greatest Story Ever Played. I'm Dan, and today I am going to be talking about Uncharted Lost Legacy. So, a quick description for this game is, From award-winning developer Naughty Dog comes a brand new Uncharted game starring Chloe Frazier. In order to recover an ancient artifact and keep it out of the hands of a ruthless warmonger, Chloe must enlist an aid of renowned mer- the aid of renowned mercenary Nadine Ross and venture into India's western uh, ghats to locate the golden tusk of Ganesh. In Chloe's greatest journey yet, she must confront her past and decide what she's willing to sacrifice to forge her own legacy. A little background on this. This is developed by Naughty Dog, as it said, who we, of course, know and love on this podcast and uh, all that from, you know, The Last of Us, the Uncharted series, Crash Bandicoot, Naughty Dog Create. Um, And also, this game actually initially began as a DLC for Uncharted 4. That's what it started off as, and then as the team at Naughty Dog was working on it, it actually got so big that they were like, yeah, this is actually a game. Let's just put it out that way. Um, it's too big to be just a DLC, which uh, is cool. And then also, it's set uh, between 6 and 12 months after Uncharted 4, somewhere in that range. So um, the events of A Thief's End are relatively recent when it comes to this. And as mentioned, uh, lastly, I wanted to hit up our two main characters mentioned in the description. First of all, we've got Chloe Frazier. This is our uh, playable character. She's a treasure hunter, um, and we know her from uh, Uncharted 2 and Uncharted 3. She showed up in both of those games as of one of Nate's friends uh, to do treasure hunting stuff. And then Chloe teams up with Nadine Ross. She's a mercenary who shows up in Uncharted 4, um, and she's uh, one of the adversaries of Nathan Drake in that. So uh, kind of cool seeing two um, people who could be theoretically on opposite teams kind of put together to start the game. So I guess, uh, yeah, with that, we'll jump into the recap. So first thing, um, we've got Chloe. Uh, it began. The game begins with Chloe in a shop in India talking to a young girl. The girl tells her about conflict that's going on um, in India, that there's rebels that are taking over, that it's not safe, that sort of deal. And Chloe, after getting an assessment of the situation, she um, says that she needs to go where the rebels are, though. That's where she's got to go. So the little girl actually helps her out by distracting a soldier so that Chloe can sneak on a truck that's going across the river into this area. After this, we've got Chloe roaming the streets at night looking for a red door, which she's got a photo of, um, where she's meeting her um, informant, I guess. And it's a rebels-controlled area that she's going through, and it's not a good scene going on. You've got guards who are, like, pulling people out of houses, breaking down doors. There are certain areas that uh, the guards are, like, you know, uh, that are, I guess, more in control. Maybe they're, like, home base, so to speak. So there's dudes with guns, like, at fences, and you've got to, like, cross through, like, a, a line kind of thing to be able to get in. So... We've, we've got this going on. Chloe finds her contact, and her contact is Nadine. And from the start, we can see that there's tension here. That uh, essentially they're together because they could get paid. Um, and there's, yeah, there's tension because Chloe's friends with Nate. And, of course, Nadine uh, had a lot of conflict with them in A Thief's End. And so there, there's a little bit of rivalry. Like, I don't hate you. 
specifically, but because you were with the other guys, I don't like you. Like, that, that's kind of the, the tense working relationship where it's two people who are really good at what they do, so they'll work together even though they don't really like each other. That's kind of the, the vibe. So then from here, Chloe and Nadine break into Asav's office. Asav is uh, this war leader who is looking for the tusk of Ganesh. Um, he's like the rebel war leader. And Nadine has been kind of working as a double agent with him. So she's been kind of Chloe's informant working on the inside, getting his info while pretending to be Team Asav. And when they're inside Asav's office, they get caught uh, by Asav and some of his soldiers. And when we're about to be killed, we jump out of the window and we end up escaping to the river. You've got a, uh, a cool uh, chase scene essentially going on where we're jumping roof to roof uh, to make it to the river. And then the river kind of floats us down. That's how we kind of escape from Asav's guys. And it's pretty cool. Definitely a cool opening scene. Uh, to set the stage for everything. And uh, after this, the it picks up maybe uh, the next day, and we're, they're on a boat together, and they've got some tension. But they do have the key that Asav had had. It's an artifact that's supposed to help point you to where the Tusk of Ganesh is. And while they're sitting on the boat, Chloe ends up cracking the key, and this eases the tension a little bit, because they're like, well, you know, if we get the treasure, you know, whatever. You know, money, money over not liking each other is sort of the feel if we could pull this off. Now, uh, we head to where the key leads us. There's a building that's got a door that we end up pulling down, and this gets us into the Secret Cities area. Um, but what it looks like at first is that there's just kind of a building in the forest, and if you didn't know to go there, you probably wouldn't think twice about it. From here, as we travel into uh, the Secret Cities area... We climb uh, this tower at the center, and what uh, on top from the tower we can see there's four ruins that we can visit. Visit. There's uh, the Hoysala ruins. There's the Parasharma fortress, the Ganesh fortress, and the Shiva fortress. Fortress. With each of these, we go to them, we fight our way through them, and we find out a little bit about more where to find the tusk of Ganesh. Um, and in fighting each of them, Asav's guys are there, so. Um, similar to really every other Uncharted game, is there's like a unlimited number of henchmen in one sense, and they end up being in areas and you you know kill eight guys before you can do the next thing or whatever. So you've got that. Um, then you encounter uh, the first major puzzle, I believe. There's a statue uh, chamber puzzle that you reach, and uh, I think in this one it's where you are jumping on squares, square tiles, and there's statues around you that, uh, like one has an axe, one has a sword, and the statues actually move each time you step, so you have to go in the right pattern, otherwise you get killed. You know, from here, you uh, reach an area called Halibadu, which is where the tusk is supposed to be, and you can see that this is the area the Persians actually attacked when they tried to get the tusk. You can see, like, uh, parts where... Uh, trebuchets like shot rocks into the walls and that kind of thing uh, which is pretty cool like uh, they they mentioned it along the way of you know everyone's been looking for the tusk forever including like Persians or other wars that have happened and so that, that was an interesting piece um, you get inside and you end up getting captured by Asav Asav takes the disc from you 
um, to, uh, you know, be able to search it. But you end up, uh, after this, you end up getting in a fight with Asav. But while you're fighting, you end up getting thrown through this wall that uh, has, like, a river right behind it. And you get sent down the river. So, kind of, again, there's a potentially fatal fight with Asav, but then you end up getting knocked into water and it takes you to safety. <laughs> so, um, escape Asav, but now he's got the disc, he's got the head start, he's got men. Uh, our job certainly got harder. So, uh, after we make it down the river, too, um, we end up talking with Chloe because when we got captured by Asav, uh, we found out that Sam Drake is working for Asav, that he's Asav's guide. Um, and Nadine is upset with us that Sam's her inside man there and you didn't tell us about it. So there's this conflict going on uh, for Chloe and Nadine because Nadine feels betrayed because Sam, of course, uh, was part of Uncharted 4. Him and Nate killed a lot of uh, the Shoreline, which is Nadine's uh, old like military group that she was a part of um, and helped, or her dad led and she led after him. How could you team up with him? You know I don't like them, kind of feeling. Um, but Chloe's like, no, you know, having both of you working in your own angles is good for me and will make us be able to get the tusk. So they do have some tension. A little while later, um, they find an elephant that's trapped, and they help set her free, um, which is nice. And then they end up riding on the back of the elephant for a while, um, and they make it back to the elephant's family. Um, and on the ride on the elephant, Chloe apologizes to Nadine about not telling her about Sam. So Chloe, uh, it, through this whole time, you know, Chloe is kind of a dickhead. And she says here, I'm sorry for being a dickhead, you know, that kind of thing. And Nadine forgives her. They kind of um, reunite in this and that they both kind of saw parts that they had done wrong. But um, and that their, their friendship is moving up. It's not as they're not just uh, reluctant co-workers or something like that anymore. There's kind of some movement that, hey, we could we're kind of friends or like we want to be friendly. We don't want to be just jerks to each other because just because. So, after this, we we find a, another puzzle, um, which is using these lights on the discs. Um, so, there's, like, statues that are essentially holding, like, a symbol, uh, like a symbol, symbol like a drum, like a, the circle. And these discs, the light will be used to, or, like, giant mirrors or plates. And so, they kind of hit that, and then the light goes somewhere else, and if the lights are in all the right place... Because of that, then it opens the key, uh, the door. So they do this puzzle. However, unfortunately, we are captured by Asav again. And he's going to kill us and Nadine and Sam. And he makes us uh, solve this final puzzle that will give him the tusk of Ganesh. And uh, for this puzzle, it's like a, a circle uh, that of... Um, like a mural, essentially, and you have to, like, spend, there. it's got maybe, like, four uh, pieces to it that are smaller circles, and you have to spin them around to make the image that it needs to, um, and so when you do that, uh, the Tusk of Ganesh ends up rising up out of the ground and opens up, uh, and the Tusk of Ganesh is super nice. It's this, uh, it's obviously a tusk, but then it's got, like, blue uh, jewels, like, all over it. It looks super nice. And 
After we do that, uh, Chloe, Nadine, and Sam get handcuffed in that room, and it's going to get blown up so that water will come in. And so he's he kind of leaves us to die there. He's like, you know, I won't shoot you. I'll just let you drown. And so Asav and company leaves. Uh, water starts flowing in really fast. Underwater, uh, Chloe picks her own lock, and then she picks uh, Nadine's lock, and I think Nadine breaks Sam's lock. They all escape, though. And uh, they all get out of there. And also, Chloe's, um, like, one of her skills throughout the game is that she can pick locks. So you you have her pick, uh, like, uh, locks of uh, the soldiers, like, cases. And then, you know, you might pick up an extra grenade or some ammo, that kind of thing in those. But she's I think she also picks a door lock or two, maybe, as well. But she's able to pick the handcuffs lock here to get them out. So uh, we escape from there. And we find out that Asav is going to sell the tusk in an arms deal. And so our crew says, fuck it, let's go after him, let's get that tusk. And while they're heading there to the arms deal, they discover that the buyer is Shoreline. And Nadine is pissed, of course, that the Shoreline, I guess, didn't really operate in... In this way, I th- it, it seems seemingly they had more of a code beforehand, and now they're just like, sure, you want to like cause chaos around the world? That's fine. We've got money, or we want money. We'll do whatever you want, or you know, we'll we'll give weapons to whomever. So Nadine is pissed uh, after this, and so we head off to intercept this to stop uh, the deal from the tusk to happen because Asav wants to buy a bomb and create civil war. Our group then heads to the train yard, and they fight some guys, uh, some of uh, Shoreline's people, I think, and they end up fighting a helicopter that's going around for a while. Um, and this part's pretty a cool fight, so there's a helicopter kind of overhead shooting at you, and sometimes there's guys who will run around too as this is going, and you have to shoot it a couple times with a rocket launcher um, to be able to bring it down. Ultimately, uh, it does go down. Uh, Also, you uh, climb up in it for a second and try to steal the tusk. Um, Orca is one of uh, Nadine's former lieutenants. He's taken over, and you have him. He has the tusk in his hand, and you're like, give us the tusk. And uh, He ends up trying to shoot Nadine, but Sam uh, tackles her out of the way. Uh, But Nadine still kills Orca, shoots him and kills him. We take the tusk, and we're like, okay, we did it. But uh, Chloe says, we can't let Asav kill a bunch of innocent people. It doesn't matter that we got the treasure. We have to do the right thing here. Sam, uh, especially, and a little bit Nadine, are kind of like, uh, is this really our fight? Like, they're, they're kind of unsure. And Chloe's like, well, I'm doing it. And then they're both like, okay, let's do it. Let's do the right thing. And so they chase down the train. Uh that has the bomb inside it so as they're chasing it down there in the jeep um and it's this is pretty reminiscent of i I believe it's uncharted 2 that has this where's the runaway train and then you're in the jeep and are end up like jumping on the train and killing your way through the train a little bit and then jumping back on the jeep and that kind of thing it's cool it's a very fun fight scene and um they fight through the train Ultimately, they end up getting off of the train to be able to change the tracks that it's on. Chloe does that um, so that it doesn't just head towards the city, but instead heads somewhere else. Um, so Chloe does that. It changes the tracks. However, 
Uh, Nadine is still fighting her way through the train, so Chloe goes after Nadine to help her. Chloe ends up meeting back up with Nadine by getting onto uh, the train track. Sam has been um, in his Jeep through this time, playing kind of distraction slash, you know, helping us as we need help. Um, and so then Chloe and Nadine have another fight with Asav. Um, and while they're fighting, Chloe notices that the bridge is blown in the distance. Uh, and uh, that it's, you know, a river below, but it's, it's you know, it's a big fall. And sees it blown in the distance, so they're fighting. And after a while, as their fight goes, uh, the bomb actually ends up falling on Asav's foot. Uh, while they're fighting, and Chloe and Nadine jump off the train before it falls uh, off the bridge um and so you get a cool running scene where you're like running on top of the train car as it's like moving down and you end up jumping to safety before it falls off the bridge um asav the bomb train it all goes down and ends up uh with a minor explosion below and so our group makes it sam nadine and chloe sit atop the bridge uh, enjoying the job well done. They did it. They got the treasure. They saved everyone. Um, and Chloe and Nadine are talking. And Nadine says, Are you looking for a partner? Um, I think that I don't want to be in the mercenary game anymore, but I want to be in the treasure hunting game. And Chloe says, Yeah. I'm a bit of a dickhead, but yes, I could definitely use one. And it's nice. You're like, okay, they've, they've gone from um, reluctant treasure hunters together to uh, potential partners moving forward. It's nice. It, it, it was a good feel. And seeing their friendship uh, develop through the game is very, very good. That part might alone make the whole game worth it. I, it's worth it beyond that, but just the friendship development section I thought was pretty good. I like that a lot. Now, uh, moving on to a couple general thoughts. Uh, oh, I, I, actually, real quick, before moving to general thoughts. Uh, so, the game ends, and uh, at, then uh, Chloe, it ends with uh, Chloe, Nadine, Sam, and the little girl from the beginning eating pizza together and kind of uh, relishing in the job well done there. So, it's nice. It's good. Now, okay, general thoughts for real. So, first thing, I, I um, really like Chloe as uh, the playable character. And I like that she's uh, pretty different skills and personality and stuff from Nate. Um, you kind of wondered if you would just, you know, whoever you played as in an Uncharted game, if it wasn't Nate, if you just play them the same way. But it's different. So uh, Chloe is a dickhead a little bit. Nathan Drake is too, but Nathan Drake's a little bit more kind of arrogant and would kind of go that angle. Whereas uh, Chloe's a little more... Uh, Nathan Drake jokes too, but Chloe's kind of joking is a little bit different, um, which is cool Like the, in that they're that way. Also, uh, Chloe is smaller than Nate, um, but it doesn't um, hinder that. Like Sometimes you get wrapped up a little easier, it seemed like, but you uh, could still break out and you had other things you uh, could do in that. Also, the lock picking, uh, as mentioned, Nate didn't do that ever, as far as I remember. Um, and so it felt different. She, she felt like a different enough character. Didn't feel like you just put a different character 
the NATA is that it, it I thought it really worked. Um, another thing is I think this really goes to show that you can do an Uncharted game without Nathan Drake. Um, I was wondering that after 4 ended, and I knew this one existed, is, you know, can these games go without him? And I would say they definitely could. I feel like with that ending, you set it up where you could do a Lost Legacy 2. I would be totally interested in more adventures of Chloe and Nadine. I think that would be totally great. Uh, also, of course, you could hit up a whole lot of other people who have come through the Uncharted worlds. Uh, that would be enjoyable. Uh, doing stuff with Sam could be interesting. Uh, doing stuff with uh, Elena could be great. Doing stuff with... Uh, their daughter, whose name's escaping me. You know, there, there's a lot of options, I think. Sully, uh, there's a lot they could do, and I hope that this franchise isn't over after this. I hope that they don't uh, just set it aside. I hope that there are more. Also, I think if down the line you wanted to do another Nathan Drake game, you certainly could. Um, but good stuff. So I guess with that, too, um, I guess I have my updated Uncharted rankings for me. So Uncharted 2... Still my favorite. I think that game's fantastic. Um, really bought in. I really liked a lot of the things in it. Uh, my next one would be Uncharted 4. Uh, I thought it was pretty great. Um, uh, enjoyable quite a lot. And then just behind it would be Lost Legacy. I thought Lost Legacy was very good. It being third place makes it look uh, lesser. It's not. Um, I think Uncharted 2 and 4 are just really really good especially uncharted 2 um Lost legacy is plenty good um yeah it, it yeah very very good then i'd go uncharted 1 and then uncharted 3 and uh i guess if you're interested in more thoughts i have on uncharted i of course have episodes on uncharted 1 through 4 on this podcast also maybe eh, i don't know four months ago something like that I went on the podcast uh, Lore Party, and we talked about Uncharted uh, for an episode, which was a lot of fun. Um, the episode is uh, called, like, a Nathan Drake Grows Up or something like that. Um, but uh, you can look it up on their website, or um, it's on our website, too. I posted a link, so if you go to our website, um, there's a blog post called uh, Podcast We've Been On, and one of them will have a direct link to this episode if you want to hear it. So... Uh, what I really liked with talking on Lore Party, uh, was I, it really upped Uncharted 4 for me, which I thought was pretty cool. I liked Uncharted 4 before, and I thought it was good, um, but my enjoyment of it rose after talking on Lore Party about it and thinking about some different things in it, uh, so that was cool. I, I guess also, actually, as another general thought that I like about Lost Legacy is kind of the return to form with, uh kind of more magic-y type stuff and more, uh, um, and puzzles, that, that sort of stuff. Like, it, it, it felt, uh, very much so like an Uncharted game, whereas Uncharted 4 did move a little bit away from some of those elements that the previous three Uncharted's kind of held. So that was kind of cool to get to see that and experience that and stuff like that. So those are, uh, my... Thought, uh, general thoughts on there. I've got a little bit of listener feedback um, about the game, so we'll go there. First up, we've got Chris on Twitter. He said, an above-average Uncharted game. Same as Golden Abyss on the Vita. 
I haven't played Golden Abyss because I don't have a Vita, but uh, I have seen that one kind of spread throughout <laughs> as being above average. I've seen some people not like it as much, but Lost Legacy, very quality. I agree. Uh, Nikki on Twitter wrote in and said, I really enjoyed it. Chloe and Nadine ha are a great duo. Also, it shows Uncharted can continue without Nate. Sure, I'd miss him and definitely want more of his adventures, but it's also cool to see some new or old characters. Um, yeah, I totally agree. Um, great duo. Uh, I, I, I think, uh, I guess Nate and Elena are probably my favorite duo of any of them, but uh, Nadine and Chloe rivaled them very well as a duo, and I didn't feel myself missing any of that it was like no these two are great i like their dynamic it's different it's fun uh it's very enjoyable yeah these games can certainly go on i hope that i hope that uh naughty dog does keep uncharted alive as a franchise i don't know what their plans are i, I kind of feel like with the last of us 2 once that comes out the last of us will probably be done which i'm fine with uh and really really psyched for the last of us 2 also um but if that one went away if you kept uncharted as your like main franchise but then you have a new ip come up after that i'm pretty into that i think that would work and um doesn't leave you with just two new ips kind of wondering what will happen so i, I don't know i don't know if naughty dog will do those things but uh, it makes sense to me hit up some more uh uncharted uh, next up, we've got Daniel on Twitter, who said, My third favorite, Uncharted, got to like Laura Bailey's character a bit more as it went on. The last couple hours were great. Okay, so I I'm guessing Daniel probably has a similar ordering to I do uh, for my Uncharted, with Lost Legacy hitting third place, but being pretty good. And I agree, the last couple hours were especially good. Um, if, if I had one complaint, which isn't even that big of one, is that I thought that the end was really good, and I liked the beginning a bit, but some of the middle um, felt a little repetitive, but, I mean, I don't know. That's how uh, games can be at points or whatever. It not And the, it was pretty minor. And the game was pretty short, so that middle part still didn't feel that long. You know, it might have been like 30 or 40 minutes. I don't know. So, uh, yeah. Last couple hours, though, were especially great. I really liked that. And then lastly, Dog on Twitter said, It was good, but it was too short. And yeah, I, I I think so. It was a shorter game, and um, I don't know. I'm I, I would have liked more, but I'm also happy that the story was contained and wrapped up. So I don't know. I I could see either, but yeah. Um, so I guess yeah, that's Uncharted Lost Legacy. Thanks again for writing in, and uh, if you would like to support the podcast, uh, there's a couple ways you could do that. One is to write a review for us on iTunes or Podchaser or wherever you get your podcast. This would be huge in just increasing visibility for the podcast so other people like you and us can enjoy games together. We'd super appreciate that if you'd want to do that. Also, we do read the reviews on the show, if that matters to you. Um, we do like reading those and enjoying those together. Um, so that's one thing podcast. You can do that by going to patreon.com slash the greatest story ever played. Um, and you can donate as little as a dollar per month, uh, and it really makes a difference for us in uh, being able to pay for like hosting, to have the podcast up and the website and you know that sort of stuff. So if you'd like to do that, that would be really cool. And as a uh, thank you, we do an exclusive Patreon episode each month. Um, so in the past, 
we've done episodes on like uh, our most recent one was on our favorite Pokemon. Um, we also did one on uh, our favorite games from childhood. So they, they kind of range in topical stuff like that. Uh, they're fun to do. So if you would, uh, yeah, if you decide to check Patreon out, that would be something that would come with it. So uh, there's that. Also, our website, thegreateststoryeverplayed.com. All our episodes are there. Also, I have a couple blog posts that do link to things like other podcasts we've been on or, um, I don't know, other things like that. So if you'd like to check those out, that would be cool. Lastly, you can talk to us on Twitter at StoryEverPod. I try to be pretty active on there, posting questions and different stuff like that. So if you'd like to check that out, uh, please do so. And uh, yeah, I guess that wraps our episode up. Um, So we will see you next time, and thanks. Thanks.